Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! What's up, Brad? We are back with Thompson to Clark. How many days until pitchers and catchers report? We are... Down. And it, it, I, it depends on how you count days. I've always had a problem with that. Right? <laughs> it is Monday. Pitchers and catchers report Thursday. Monday's over, right? I mean, we're we're in the fun part of Monday. Work is over. We're having fun now. Yeah. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we got three days. I say three days at this point. All right. Well, that is close. That means this week. Yeah. So that we're means there. that means baseball is pretty much here, which is good for us uh and also good for us i guess i guess it's depending on where you fit here which is logan webb deciding not to play for team usa Ooh. i think giants fans selfishly are like okay that makes sense and i don't know if you read bags's latest thing but he wrote that he thinks it's because logan webb wants to kind of be the the vet and the leader in spring training, especially for the young kids to to kind of help them, you know, help them all fit in and stuff, which is very commendable. And he doesn't put the mileage on his arm and and all that is is good and solid. But yeah. selfishly, I kind of wanted to see him throw for those colors. Yeah, I I think we all did. I mean we we enjoyed Buster Posey in the last World Baseball Classic a couple of years ago. Uh that was an absolute blast. Brandon Crawford. Um, so now we don't have any. Um, uh, let's see. Do we have any USA team members? We don't. No. I mean, lo- looking looking at our short list, we we have one of the smaller list of players. Yeah, Duvall is like the only Duvall and Jock are the only everyday players or or you know forty man players that that they have on, that are playing. I think. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so it's kind of a bummer, but you know, hey. If he wants to take on the leadership role, um, I read that article too. He talked about how he, um, you know, learned a lot about leadership and and being a leader in the clubhouse and on the pitching staff from Kevin Gossman. So that's you know it's kind of the role that he wants to take on now. And he's the vet. I mean, when yeah. you're looking at it, I mean, you you have other vets, but when you're talking about vets in the Giants organization and who's their best player, you know, their best pitcher, yeah. He's got to take yeah. that role. It's not like you can go, hey, Alex Wood, all these kids are going to look up to you. And Alex Wood's like, yeah, 
I'm going to throw 85 innings this year and uh, not be the ace. The ace has got to be the guy. So it's good to oh, see yeah. that he wants that because some of those guys don't really want it, right? Like they just want to pitch. Right. They can't really do the other stuff and it's not comfortable for them so that they don't, but he embraced it. So I'm glad to see that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited uh, for that. And, you know, again, bummed he's not in the WBC, but that's okay. Uh, again, we're still going to enjoy the tournament. It's still going to be a blast. I mean, we're going to go through over the roster today. And the the, the hitting is just all-star. Yeah. All -star, Major League Baseball all-star hitting. Um, so it, it's it's still going to be a blast. All right. Well, we'll we're going to come back to the WBC here in a second. But the Super Bowl was yesterday. Did you watch? Neither of our teams were in it. <laughs> I watched. I wasn't planning on like sitting there and watching it. And I did for the most part. Uh, and because it was a good game. Um, coming out of halftime, you know, I had to watch Riri. You know, I had to, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Had to pull. I, I yelled down the hall to the kids because they, they don't care about, you know, <laughs> the, the game. They yeah, yeah. About the Super Bowl. They didn't even care that much about the, um, the commercials, because you know how it is nowadays when we were kids, it was like, oh, you got to watch the commercials. Well, yeah. now it's like, I'll just look at YouTube in an hour. <laughs> they'll all be, or they're on there like five days before. Yeah. Too. So, yeah. The Breaking um, Bad one. I forget where I saw it, but I saw it at yeah. least like three days before. That that was a good one. I think, uh, you know, of the commercials, uh, I think my favorite was probably the Will Ferrell Netflix one. I thought that one was good. Um, there was one yeah. that made me panic i don't know if you oh. had the same thing but there was a tubi commercial <laughs> yeah which went to a menu screen and i immediately grabbed my remote thinking oh no somebody sat on it and they pulled me out of apple tv and now i gotta go back in and restart my hulu so that i can go back to this game <laughs> but no I, so that was a nice yeah. little trick by tubi i did not and the only reason i did not is because it started out with the two broadcasters, right? As if they're coming back to the game. Um, but it wasn't in 4K. And the uh, game was in 4K. So it. as soon as they came on, I go, this looks grainy. It doesn't look right. This is this is part of like a commercial or something weird is going on right now. So that's the only reason. And I didn't recognize the interface when it jumped to like the 2B interface. I was like, I don't, what is this? <laughs> See that see you were watching and paying attention where I was like talking to somebody and then and then saw it and was like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. I would have done the same had I been just kind of like high glancing it. Yeah, yeah. You know the the commercial that I hated, and I don't know why they did this, but there was a commercial with uh John Travolta. Oh yes. And uh what is his name? Zach F is it Zach Efron? No, um, Zach, uh, Zach Bramp. No, what is his name? Yeah, uh, Bramp. Uh, Bramp. Bramp. The guy. He, the what was the show? The the two guys from Scrubs. Scrubs. There you Scrubs. go. Yeah, yeah. And so John Travolta and them start singing the song from Greece, and I'm like, Is Olivia Newton John going to come on screen? Like, what's going on here? And yeah. no, did they, they shoot just, it before? <laughs> well, I mean, well, even if they did shoot it before, it's just like. At least let's make this an ode to her. Yeah. And they didn't. It was just like, I was like, oh, gosh, that's kind of bad judgment there for, for that commercial, considering she only died about six months ago. Yeah, exactly. When I saw it, too, I was like, oh, that's hard to do without her there. 
uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. There you go. That, that Donald Faison. That. Speaking of that, Donald Faison was in uh, Clueless, and there was a great uh, Clueless commercial with Alicia Silverstone. And my wife goes, that has got to be a deep fake. Because she now looks younger than she did in the movie. I said, "Yeah, it was yeah, it was the same, the same thing uh, <laughs> in our household. All the people watching, which you know, if I was doing a commercial and they were like, hey, we can remove some of these wrinkles,' I'd be like, great, yeah. <laughs> let's thumbs up, let's do it.' <laughs> but you know what it is? I, uh, I it's not. Uh, you know, she, your wife said deep fake. It's it's like the same technology, but yeah, I read that uh, in movies. Like it is in the contracts of the actors who are a little bit older to where you do the the graphical uh, like regeneration of of the face uh, on these movies now. Like it's a big deal for these actors oh, yeah. and actresses. That, that's crazy because back in the day when we used to see people and they were on on screen, we go, "Oh man, this person's gotten old." Now I can't tell. It's like they've gotten younger. Everybody would go, "Oh, that guy's gotten younger." No, he hasn't. Uh, Nick Nick Cage with the uh, with the hairline that goes from back in the back to the front <laughs> to the middle to the front to the back. I never know what's going on with that guy. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, you know I, I like the game. Rod and I went over the game last night on uh, We Want Winners, so that's in that's in our feed, our podcast feed. It's also on, on our YouTube channel if you want to take a look at that discussion. I thought the game was really good. The mm. teams were of very high quality. The, Philadelphia made one mistake, which was Jalen Hurts fumbling, which turned into a touchdown. But yeah. really, that was the only mistake of the game, and it was just who you know who can you stop? And the the Chiefs stopped the Eagles once. They went three and out, and the Eagles didn't stop the Chiefs once, and they won the game. So uh, yeah. good, good high quality offensive football. And if uh, you know, if you kind of look at the the scope of the NFL today, uh, offense is in, man. You can have a great yeah. defense, and Philadelphia had a great defense. Four Niners had a great defense, but if you got if you got Pat Mahomes as your QB, and he's able to just pick up first down after first down after first down after first down, you just can't stop it, no matter how good your defense is. So, and that's how it was last year too with the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, Odell Beckham goes down, and he got Cooper Cup. Everybody knows the ball is going to Cooper Cup, but Stafford still got him the ball, and that's all you got to get those playmakers the ball. Um, and Mahomes, I think I had read something a couple of days ago where he said, "I don't need to be Superman anymore. I know I don't have to. I don't play street ball. I know that you know. I just have to get the ball to my playmakers and everybody else around me could do it, but it sure looked like he put everybody on his back in that second half. So, so Rod had an interesting observation. He basically said the moments where you can get to Mahomes is where he decides that he has to try and win the games by himself. And that's when you see him, you know, maybe thrown into coverage or, Doing that, but he said, you know, when when he just runs the offense the way that Andy Reid designs the offense, he's pretty much unstoppable. And you know, he took he, he didn't really take any shots. Like Hertz definitely took a couple shots downfield. I don't remember Mahomes taking any real big shots. Uh, and he was just sort of like, Oh, do you, you know, this is what 
the defense has given us, boom, first down. This was defense has given us, boom. And then the holding play at the end, which all the Eagles fans cried about until their own defensive back said, yeah, I, they got me. I held them two times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then they kind of had to go, oh, we, we can't cry anymore. <laughs> that was, that was really awful. Now I had, I have some sympathy for them because you get there and you don't know if you're ever going to get there again. So I get uh, it, especially in that close of a game, but it was a little ridiculous. I will yeah. Admit. I, I even saw some of the, the broadcasters like screaming as if like they're, sp- they're rooting for the team. I'm like, where's your professionalism? Guys, <laughs> come on. I mean, the, the Eagles are going to get back. I don't know if they're going to get back there, but they're a team that's built to kind of go to the they should. Yeah, they should compete. Now, so. And Jalen Hurts yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I especially in that great. division. I mean, if if they can, you know, if they can continue to beat up on Dallas like they do, then you know they've they've kind of got that division that'll get them into the playoffs. But, you know, Rams having to battle it out with the Niners now every year. Um, Arizona could possibly get better. Do they even have a head coach yet? I don't. Even I don't know think so. Have, yeah, I don't even think they have a head coach. Um, and then, uh, and then you've got Seattle, who's always kind of hanging around five hundred clubs. So I don't know. You interesting know, football season next year. Brian and I have a saying when we talk about the Warriors where, you know, when it, when it comes to like that clutch moment, are, are you there for that moment or, or are your, your butt cheeks a little tight? And <laughs> yeah. where we, where we got that saying was when I was in junior high school and playing flag football for my school, the head coach was a guy by the name of Rich Glover. He went to Nebraska and he was the Outland trophy award winner at Nebraska. Wow. And so he played in the NFL. He was on the Eagles, but he was a little small. So he didn't, he wasn't really a star in the NFL. And so I don't even remember how he got to the Bay area, but so he's, he's in our, he's coaching our, our flag football team. And he would say, don't let your booty hole get tight. <laughs> and so when my kids were little, I kind of cleaned it up. I changed it from booty hole uh, to butt cheeks. But you know who else said that? I, Ronnie Lott. That was one of his famous sayings. Yeah. Don't let your booty hole get tight. So whenever like Brian and, and I and other people were watching basketball, you know, we, we say tight butt cheeks. And that was what I was looking at for Hertz. I was like, you know, I want to see if he is on the stage and he's performing. And outside of that one play, I thought he was awesome. I was like, nope, he's made for this. He's he he played an excellent game. So yeah, right, enough, and, enough football talk. Well, then you can see in the last play of the game, the Hail Mary. No, oh, yeah, well, or, that? <laughs> I mean the, the the shoulder is still bad. Yeah. It's gonna come back healthy next year. So it'll be a little bit different story for him next year. But yeah, after he made that throw, I was like, hmm. Maybe like a thirty yard out and yeah, then yeah. try a Hail Mary with a couple seconds left. Yeah, I was I was like, man, did he just Tear his UCL like Brock Purdy. What's going on here? Yeah, it was rough. All right, let's get back to the WBC. You did a poll on our mm-hmm. Thompson to Clark Twitter, and you basically said, Do people care about the World Baseball Classic? And will you be watching? And it looks like a good number of people are excited about the WBC. Yeah, when you take a look at the poll, you know, we had some pretty good turnout on it. 72.2% said, yes, I will be watching. 27.8% said, no, I won't be watching. There weren't any comments on it like, you know, this is ridiculous. This is, you know, the dumbest thing. So it's, you know, it's basically um, if you're not watching and you're a Giants fan, you're probably just kind of paying attention to spring training and what's going on there. Um, 
if you're a broad baseball fan like us, where you you just kind of pay attention to the league as well as the Giants, you're going to be watching this because when you look at the rosters up and down, man, they're ridiculous. Some of these mm-hmm. rosters, I mean, they're filled with major league players from all over the place. Like we said, Jock Peterson, one of our guys is going to be playing for Israel. I mean, and then we got another guy, Camilo Duvall, is going to be playing for Dominican Republics. Yep. So, um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's fun. It's fun to watch these guys. Uh, Sergio Romo, a, a few years back, pitching for Mexico. Uh, I mean, that was fun. Uh, so you're going you're gonna to be watching these games going, oh, my God, I didn't realize this guy is still around because I think Vicente Padilla is pitching for Nic- Nicaragua. I mean, this is like <laughs> Vicente Padilla, I think, retired about three years ago from Major League Baseball. But here he is again. So you're going to see some retired guys, too, which is kind of fun to watch. Yeah, so the lineup – uh, for Team USA, I, I searched for it and I found a projected starting lineup, though they didn't project the batting order. But um, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, see if what you thought was going to be the starting lineup kind of vibes with what this writer from uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, Jack Vita, predicted. So the catcher is either JT Real Muto or Will Smith. They have Real Muto as the projected starter. Uh, they have Paul Goldschmidt, NL MVP, as project projected starter at first. Uh, Tim Anderson, second baseman for the White Sox at second. Arenado uh, at third uh, from St. Louis as well. Uh, and Trey Turner, new Philadelphia Philly. And Kyle Tucker also with the Phillies uh, at shortstop and left. Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. What a center field, right field combination there. Yeah. Uh, and then Pete Alonso as the DH. And the that would leave for the bench. It would leave uh, Bobby Witt Jr., who's probably there for defense and speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Will Smith. Kyle Schwarber, who's who's there to hit bombs when, when need be. He's probably He's there. not there for speed. No, he'll, I mean, you know, <laughs> if they do the lefty-righty thing and Pete Alonso can DH against lefties and Schwarber could DH yeah, against yeah. righties, I could see that. Jeff McNeil at second base, who was a, a recent ad. Uh, Cedric Mullins in the outfield. And then Kyle Higashioka from the Yankees. I don't know him very well. No, I think when I saw that name, too, a lot of Yankees fans were like, what? I mean, they know who he is, but they were like, why is he on the U.S. team? But, yeah, that's kind know. of interesting. Yeah. Huh. Is there anybody you would switch out in that lineup? No, no, I like that lineup. That's a solid lineup. Um, that's kind of, you know, going with the best. You said Trout? Trout and center. Mookie Trout and right. center. Mookie and right. I mean, God, that's you've, you've got everything you need right there. Kyle Tucker and left? Yep. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, because that's your defense, too. You've got a, a really solid outfield defense, a phenomenal infield de- defense with um, Trey Turner and Tim Anderson up the middle. I mean, that's nasty. And then you've got platinum glove winner Nolan Arenado at third. Um, you think Tim Lincecum oh, roots for or against Arenado in the WBC here? 
Well, he doesn't have to pitch to him. So <laughs> he, he probably roots for him. <laughs> but but like that guy, yeah. man, poor Linscombe couldn't get that dude out. I don't know. Oh no way! No, I mean that that that's what I'm saying. If he doesn't have to pitch to him, then he yeah. probably doesn't care either way. But uh, yeah, he was uh, he was a very tough out against Linscombe, against Kane, against any Giants pitcher any Giants really pitcher. of that generation. That was yeah. just nasty. So I would love to see. Uh, Logan Webb and staff this year. I think we play the Cardinals in the first month of the season. That whole new schedule. Let's go over that next next week. Yeah, we'll 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 dig in soon. I mean, that's that's amazing because the the Giants used to play the Dodgers. What like you know upper thirty, almost forty games a year, and now it's down to like twenty six games a year against everybody in the National League West. So it's I mean I think it's even less. I want to say it could yeah it could even be less than that, but um. Yeah, it's really insane. I mean, they're you know they're they're going to play in the first month of the season, the Cardinals, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. I mean, that's yeah, that's brutal. It's a brutal schedule. Yeah the um, the the schedule is so different that you know I, I was like thinking of oh you know what games am I going to go to this year, and just the idea that every team's going to come here, you know, or or not. Uh, do, do they do home and homes or is it just you play each team once? How is it? How you does it play, work? So when you're playing a team, okay, so you've got the national league West. So, so let's just use the giants as, as an example. And this kind of falls with everybody. So giants are in the national league West. They're going to play uh, everybody. I think seven, well, I can't remember what it is, but, but a certain amount of games at home, certain amount of games on the road. And there's going to be one more game for each team and then that'll swap the next season. So it's, it's uneven, but it'll be, you know, one more game for one team at home. And then the next year, one more game for that team on the road. Then they're going to play their natural rivals. So the A's they're going to play them in two series. Okay. That's what it is. That's where the home home comes. Yeah. And then they're going to play every other team in a series, a three game series, uh, every other team in Major League Baseball, either at home or on the road, and then the next year that'll switch. Got so you, you're going to see the Giants play the Mariners every year, and so every other year you're going to see Julio Rodriguez come to San Francisco. Uh, and I think that's what they, they're trying to do. So every other year you're going to see uh, Mike Trout come to San Francisco. Uh, Shohei Otani, I think – the Angels are coming to us this year, so the Giants will go to Anaheim next year. Uh, so it's ticket. just going to kind of work out. Yeah, so so the Yankees will come to us next year because we open the season at New York this season. Uh, so the Yankees will come to us next year. Um, so it's just I, I get where they're coming from. I don't know if I like it a whole lot. Uh, it's a little bit easier for the Giants in terms of they don't have to play the Dodgers and Padres who spanked them a lot last well, year. I mean, not to say that much, it's but... even, but it's no. gonna, it'll be more even if you are in a really stacked division. So Giants yeah. and the the Giants uh, would play the Dodgers and Padres a minimum of eighteen regular season games. Previous years, this season it'll be thirteen. That's so low. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that that's just uh, four. That's yeah. what five, five series, probably, right? Yeah, five series. Um, and then, yeah, so it's going to be uneven. So it's going to be, would you say 13? Yeah. 13. So it's going to be seven 
uh, you know, seven at home and six on the road. And then next year that'll switch against yeah. whoever, whatever team that is. So, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so uh, that is uh, that, 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 that's a fun look. We'll, we'll dig in to, and circle the ones. Well, Brad's Brad probably won't be in, in the city much uh, this year, but I, I want to circle the yeah. ones that I want to go to. Yeah. For um, sure. All right. So let's look at this rotation for the WBC. This this is where maybe we don't match up as well, whereas we match up really well offensively and defensively. You're starting pitching Clayton Kershaw, Adam Wainwright. Uh, Those guys are definitely uh, the the veterans of this squad. Yeah, (laughs) is Wainwright's like almost as old as us? What's going on here? (laughs) The longevity. He, yeah, he's getting up there, and he, and he's pitching again this year for the Cardinals. Yeah, hasn't retired yet. Brady Singer, Kyle Freeland, Lance Lynn, Merrill Kelly, and Miles Mikolas Mikolas Mikolas. Yeah, McLovin. Uh, and then in the bullpen, Brooks Raley, Daniel Bard, David Bednar, Devin Williams, Jason Adam, Kendall Graveman, Nick Martinez. Not. Your buddy Nick Martinez. I yeah, not not Nick the Martinez. Nick Martinez. It's different, different Nick Martinez. <laughs> and Ryan Presley. I like the bullpen better, and I like the starters. But you know, yeah. the starters are you know they're going to battle too, especially because you can't really just throw your ace out there for all nine innings. It's not how the WBC works. So the bullpen no. is just as or even more important. So they did. I, stack, I think it's. I think it's more important. They did stack the bullpen arms more so than the the starting arms for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because you're going to see, you know, you're going to see Kershaw, Wainwright, Singer. You're going to see all these guys go like three, four innings. Maybe if they're pitching in the championship game, you might get five innings out of them because that's kind of how it went last go round. Um, Mark DeRosa, the manager, I'm sure, you know, again, he, he said in an interview, I've been given direction by each team of how many pitches for each outing said pitcher can throw. Yeah. So he's got to deal with that, which is fine. It's a blueprint for him. All he has to do is follow it and, and not go off of that. And he's fine. Um, his, his biggest task is going to be managing the bullpen, not overusing arms. And again, he's, he's still going to get, I mean, if one guy throws one inning one day, two days later, they're throwing that team might call him and say, don't throw this guy again until at least, you know, three days, four days, whatever it is. We, this is the schedule we have for him in spring training. So he's going to follow all of that. His biggest thing is going to be hitting because again, when it comes to hitting, you want to see as many pitches as possible in spring. I mean, you you can see as many pitches as you want that you got to get your timing down. So his, his big thing is going to be managing the lineup. Um, If he's got guys like Will Smith on the bench, uh, and they don't get into games, they don't get into games as a starter and it's Real Muto the whole time, then you might get the Dodgers complaining that, hey, we wanted him to get some swings in the spring, and that was you know uh, like three, four weeks that we lost a lot of, of swings for him. So he's got to manage that part of it as well. Uh, it's kind of tricky. you know. It's tricky being a manager in the WBC. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I think that, honestly, I think the Japanese manager probably has it the best because... Um, you know, he's got all the players that are kind of on their own schedule. Um, I, I've got to go back and look and see what uh, what the Japanese pitchers did in the last WBC, but I'm sure um, they seem to be a little bit more dialed in when it comes to getting ready for the season. 
Um, I think Major League Baseball and the Players Association has so many rules that you can't really get out there and do things with teammates and with coaches and everything else uh, and, until a certain time. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just call it kind of all around the WBC to see how how far starting pitching goes. Are we sure Kyle Higashioka is actually on the roster? I thought so. He's a third catcher technically so i wonder if he's that's uh we i need to look into that i, I, I okay. didn't even realize he was on the roster that's why i didn't look into it but uh that, that yeah we'll, i'm we'll, seeing we'll figure that one out ben i mean I, I see it on the bench in a couple of different websites okay um, so so he is and maybe it's just to have a third guy because he's not even a starter on his own team right like he's had like a career right. 600 at bats in his entire career yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, unless, says, unless, uh, unless he's playing a lot more this year, possibly. But I mean, here's here's an article in the New York Post that Nestor Cortez and Kyle Hig- Higashioka are teammates on uh, Team USA. I think so, uh, Cortez just got replaced, though. Oh, that, okay. So that he's was out, probably right. today right. that he just got replaced. Yeah, this article was on February 13th. So, well, that's today. Who knows? It's all so fluid. That's kind of the frustrating thing about the WBC is, you know, there's so much fluidity to it and guys coming in and dropping. I mean, Carlos Correa, last time we did our show a week ago, Correa said, well, I'm having another kid, so I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I mean, it just changes like days. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, all right, yeah. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll try and do some WBC stuff uh, up until the uh, the first weekend of games, which is coming up really soon. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go to the what are we drinking stage of this show mm. because I have another fun one for you. I right. like to. I'll go. F- I'll go first because I'm boring. Okay. No. No. I mean, <laughs> b- boring meaning like you're just like this is good. I'm drinking it and this. It, yeah. That, I didn't. I didn't do anything fun like you did. So I'm going to get mine out of the way real quick. Whistle pig, piggyback, hundred percent rye age, six years. If you have a Sam's club, I think we talked about this before. You're yeah. not sure if you have a Sam's club. Yeah, I don't area. know where one is. I've, I've seen yeah. one in other States, but not in California. Okay. And I think that they are a Costco entity, another warehouse type of thing, but uh real good price. Whistle pig piggyback at, uh, at Sam's club. Now let's get to the fun one. I like your okay. fun, I like your fun drinks. All right. So yesterday for the Super Bowl, we were, you know, we were looking for some we invited over some friends and their kids, and then we had my stepkids. And so it was just like a fun party. It wasn't like a, you know, we're gonna party hard on a Sunday watching the Super Bowl or anything. But (laughs) so uh, Crystal, I think I mentioned like she loves wine, but she gets like really, really bad headaches. She could have like a glass and a half and she just has a terrible headache. So Mm -hmm. she's been like doing her research and looking into things because she's assuming people have the same problem as her. And so she found uh, I think I want to say it was like a YouTube channel or maybe it was a podcast that she heard. And this person was uh, talking about a drink called Pulp culture the drink huh. is 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 hard pressed juice and it is uh it features botanical adaptogens it is made of passion fruit strawberry ginger turmeric which we've talked about before yeah and my yeah. favorite one lion's mane 
so the idea behind the drink and, and the brand is called Hustle. It's got 4.9 uh, percentage for, of alcohol, 12 ounces, uh, zero sugar. I don't know. I don't know what it's sweetened with uh, exactly. So the idea behind the drink is that it's not supposed to cause you to have hangovers. And so I, of course, posed the question. I was like, yeah, you know, if you drink one, like you're fine. And she's like, no, the way that she tested it was she drank three. And then I was like, oh, did she wow. then crush the can on the side of her head? <laughs> and, and so supposedly the, the person who, you know, who did this test and they normally have headaches with their drinks, they didn't. So wow. then Crystal tried it yesterday. She had a couple while we were watching the Super Bowl. She woke up this morning. She's totally fine. Sleep was perfect. And so I was like, huh, like if this actually is, you know, I, I, I'm not going to have as much fun if I as drinking like bourbon or something. But <laughs> if this is is like help, because like, the main thing for me, if I have a drink, it usually screws up with my sleep. Like I look at my yeah. sleep score and it's like deep sleep. 30 minutes and I'm like, what's going uh-huh. on when I don't have a drink? It's like two hours and 30 minutes of deep sleep. So, uh, so yeah, I may, I may, you know, I may try this, uh, once it, it tastes like your normal hard seltzer kind of drinks that, you know, that the kids drink. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so tr- definitely trying it. I told her that I would test it out and see what my sleep looks like. And I, I guess it's kind of one of those things you got to find at whole foods. It's not super wide as far as, uh, yeah as where you can buy it. But I did on uh Saturday night. I'm, I'm not a cocktail person, but we went out to Pacific catch and I decided to have an old fashioned, which was so delicious. And I was like, man, I like this so much. Am I going to ruin my normal drink order <laughs> of just like bourbon on the rocks and then add the little sweetness to it? Cause I don't yeah. know that 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 can get dangerous a little bit. And and but it was so great. I was like, man, I need to get these more. But <laughs> do I really need to. So that's the hard part. Whenever we go out, it's like, do you, you know, do I want to. I had a bad experience because I, I ordered an old fashioned at a really cool restaurant, you know, nice steakhouse type of place. And I ordered an old fashioned and it tastes like bourbon water. Ooh. I mean, it was I, and then I, I was frustrated because I paid like 12 bucks. for Yeah. It. Um, so I'm always nervous about that. Uh, so that's why a lot of times when we go out, I just go, I'm going to stick with the tried and true Yeah, the beers. I'm going to order a beer and then I'll, I'll be safe and, or, or a glass of wine because yeah, you know, wine is wine. I, I, I don't, I don't differentiate between like bad wine and good wine. I just know like really bad wine. If I take a sip, I go, Ooh, that's, ugh, what what is that? Um, but yeah, it's it. So how much alcohol is in that? Like five percent, five percent. Okay, yeah. well that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. All right, let's get to the rest of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I sent you a podcast that Farhan Zaidi was on with Tim Kawakami. There was also a write up on it, so you yep. didn't have to listen. Um, and I thought it was fascinating, not because, you know, we go over the Carlos Correa stuff and, and everything like that's kind of old news by now. There's nothing really that Farhan can say that will yeah. change what happened. Right. But the piece that I was fascinated with 
on, on this interview, Far, uh, he, Tim Kawakami asked Farhan, this is the end of your original five-year deal. Have you signed an extension to the deal? And Farhan said, I can't really get into that. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, wait a second here. And Tim goes, well, you know, the reason why I ask is because, you know, if you're a GM and you only have one year left, that kind of, you know, the fan base can wonder about what the deals are that, you know, you're making or not making. Like, and, yeah. and, and he's like, yeah, I can't really comment on that. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, whoa, wait a second here. We, I, I now he, I don't know why he wouldn't have said yes if he did resign. So maybe, maybe the no meant, or maybe the not, no comment meant no. I, I was really like just shocked while yeah. I was listening to this. But there are a couple of different ways you can look at this, right? Because if he's at the end of his deal, now I think if he, if the Giants don't bring him back, he's going to have tons of suitors to run other teams. So it's not like yes. he desperately needs this job, but maybe he really likes this job. Does he have to make a deal in which he gives up a prospect for a playoff push so that management is happy with the team? And so does that make him more apt to maybe trade one of the prospects this year? The other way to look at it is if he is a lame duck, does he have the same power that he would on all decisions that, that are made or is management going to go like, look, we're not bringing you back, but you cannot do this. Now, I don't know if that happens in that way, but I, I was just shocked. I was like, Whoa, this is not part of the calculus, the Farhan <laughs> calculus that I even realized that he could be a lame duck GM and that could change the landscape of what the giants do this year. Yeah. I'm with you, but I, having experienced this as a Rams fan Mm -hmm. with Les Snead and Sean McVay at one point a few years back, um, the quietness of it all, there's going to be, here's my prediction after after reading that, because again, I read the article, you listened to the the show, Mm -hmm. I didn't get the... um, you know, the, the emotion behind the answers, the, the, you know, the inflection or anything else. I read that more as within the next month before the season starts, the giants are going to announce probably an extension. Okay. Two, that, that, that's two year a... extension. Yeah. Two year extension, three year extension, whatever it be. I, I think Farhan was pretty much saying I can't be, the PIO for the Giants. I'm not going to announce this deal. I'm going to let the Giants PR announce this deal. So that's kind of how I looked at it. But but who knows? If not, we all know once the season starts, what we don't know, is yeah. he in the final year of his deal or does he have more years on his deal? I would think if he had more years on his deal by the time the season starts – we will absolutely know about it. There's no reason to not know about it. Yes. Um, Because if you go into the season and nothing's been announced, all of a sudden fans are going, is he going to blow this up? (laughs) (laughs) Is he going to trade all of our prospects to Pittsburgh and then next year be the Pirates GM? What's going to happen here? (laughs) Yeah. So I I hope it's what you said, because that does make a lot of sense. 
Yeah. Uh, but the the other sort of tone to that interview, and I, I maybe maybe not the tone of the interview, but kind of the what what Tim came to realization about, which is when he took over, they they are not even really in a better place than they were when before he took over. Now that could change if some of these prospects do graduate like that, that could change. But the idea of, okay, he's going to overhaul this whole system. And in five years, the farm system is going to be great. We're going to have farm system players coming up and being a part of the organization. Literally one, there's been one guy who they've brought to the big team who Farhan has drafted, I believe. Only one so far. Now, again, hope, hoping that changes because you got Kyle Harrison, who, you know, who who we hope to see this year. But that that that's a you know that is the that is a way to look at it. Is like he came in to to do one specific thing, well, more than one specific thing. But the eyeballs were on like, okay, we need this farm system is in shambles. Be in and it's in shambles because you're winning three World Series in five years, and you're in your you know, you're always playing late into the season and you don't have these high draft picks, you know, to hit on or to, to really, you know, to key on. And so, uh, un- you know, the one, the one season before him was when they, it was when they got Joey Bart, but, uh, but yeah, so it's that, that's something I think fans are going to keep an eye on because they really do need to graduate a player or two this season, I think in order to make this, uh, a success of some sort, because what are the Giants re-signing? I think you would you would bring him back because you believe in his ability co- to collaborate with, with Gabe Kapler. But if you're re-signing him just to continue this process or to give him another couple of years because of the pandemic and all of those things, then I think that makes sense too. But it also kind of sets the pressure on like, okay you know, the, the, this is your chance here. And, and if it doesn't change, then maybe they do move on. But I, I hope it works out because I think he's a really smart guy. And I hope that everything that we've been told as far as this is the way the Giants are going to play baseball, I hope it works out because or else we've been like promoting this thing and it just didn't work. And I don't want that to happen. So uh, I do. Well, I do hope that they figure it out with with the prospects and such. And it's his first season with Pete Putilla as the GM. So that kind of has to grow as well. Are the Giants looking at the fact that, well, maybe we let Farhan walk after year five and then Pete Putilla becomes the, you know, head of baseball operations mm-hmm. and then he hires a GM and we go from there. That's always a possibility when the Giants yeah. are looking across the, you know, into Texas and going, look at Houston. Houston's had a really good run, and we got one of their guys now. Because um, you look at first-round picks under Farhan. You've got 2019, Hunter Bishop, still cannot stay healthy. Uh, 2020, Patrick Bailey had some health issues. Um, can he be the backup catcher maybe late this year? Maybe next season, can he fight for that? Can he be the starting catcher? I mean, can Joey Bart continue to blossom? If not, then we have a problem. Um, and then 2021, Will Bednar, um, some back issues last year. And then Reggie Crawford, uh, you know, two-way player, who we're, we're all excited to see his first year in the minors this coming season. Those Keith, are your first Keith, Law, Keith Law believes they should 
focus him on pitching. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the video of him pitching, and he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, but 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 you know, to to you kind of need that roster flexibility nowadays, mm-hmm. and and so I don't mind him. Yeah, concentrate him on pitching, but also. You know, let him hit. Let him be an outfielder. If the Giants need a fourth or fifth outfielder and they don't have to waste a roster spot on another outfielder, cool, let's do that, and then they can get another, you know, relief pitcher or whatever it is. Um, the one thing from the article that I that I kind of took from it that, I, again, in, in recent years, I've heard a lot about this, but before that, I don't know if I just turned a blind eye and, and never heard about this or, or just didn't pay attention to it, but... You can't sell payroll flexibility. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. again, putting people in the stands, putting people in the seats, putting fans in the stands. I don't think I've ever cared about that. Yeah. As a Giants fan, listening to a Giants game, I, I've never sat there and go, man, I can't wait to find out what today's attendance is. I really don't care. Yeah. I, I If the team is winning, I'm excited. If the team is losing, I want to see the prospects that you bring up and see what they can do so I can see what this team can become next year. That's all I've ever ever cared about as a fan, not who's in the stands and how do you put people in the stands and what's our payroll like and this and that. Just never really connected with me. Um, my only issue, though, is, yeah, the Giants went after you know Aaron Judge. They went after Carlos Correa. Didn't get either. Um, but they had the chance to sign Gossman. They had the chance to sign Radon. I think. Um, they could have given them both big contracts. But under Farhan, they're not going to do that for pitchers. That's, the, that's my only drawback with Farhan at this point is I don't mind giving five- and six-year deals to a pitcher if it's going to shore up your pitching staff. If you can have Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon, and Kevin Gossman in your pitching staff right now, you don't need to have a monster offense. You just need to have a good defense behind you and score three, four runs a game. And then with that pitching staff, you can do some damage in the National League West, especially keeping the Dodgers and Padres at bay. That So that's my big issue. Not so much you know, money, not so much uh, people in the stands. It is the contracts given out and tried to have given out when I think that money could have been better spent on some some frontline pitching and have a, a just a killer pitching staff. It is now you haven't followed the NBA very closely. It mm-hmm. is a version of what the Philadelphia 76ers were doing. You've you've probably heard this this phrase, trust the process. Yes. And what they were doing is they were specifically trying to lose so that they could have as many chances to win the lottery as humanly possible. So they ended up with a lot of these top picks. They drafted Joel Joel Embiid. They drafted Ben Simmons. And I think some fans would say that it sort of worked, but I think others would say that it probably didn't work that well. And you know, Ben Simmons is not even on the team anymore. Embiid is 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 a great player. He's one of the top five players in the league right now. So they really lucked into him, but he wasn't even the number one pick. And so, but the idea was the management was just the GM was just saying, just trust the process. Like we're gonna be good at some point, but we just have to be really bad before we are good. That is not what Farhan is saying. But the play, the payroll flexibility is a version of that, which is we want 
to be able to strike when we can, we just can't guarantee that it's going to happen this year or next year or the fall. Right. So, yeah. so that, that's, that's the whole thing uh, about it. And uh, you know, I, we, we, we circle show high, show high, right. So we yeah. should we circle Otani yeah. and it's yeah. probably not happening unless they sell them on something else. Um, and and we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's 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 the yeah. same the same kind of thing. Okay, I, I, I think that I think the Giants honestly, I think the Giants would need to go to the NLCS this year at least for Shohei Shohei to even look at us and say, "Hey, that's a that's a good option." That they know how to build a team. I could be a star in San Francisco and have a bunch of guys around me who know how to win, who know how to play baseball. Um, who can grind it out because he's been in a situation now where you give a bunch of big contracts and it doesn't pay off, doesn't get you to the playoffs. So um, giants need to go to NLCS or higher uh, at this point for Shohei to be like, yeah, this looks good. All right. So this last bit is is more MLB focused, but there are a couple of, of changes that were made that I saw on the athletic today. One of them is that this ghost runner extra innings rule is official. It's they're they're, they're like we're we're just gonna yeah, have it forever. We we love it too much. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why they do is because uh, the scoring goes way up in the extra innings, which yeah, you're you're basically uh, you're you're basically changing the game so that the end of the game is more exciting. Right. Um, and you know, it's a little bit artificial, but, but they like that. And the games are just much shorter than they were pre ghost runner. So theoretically that saves arms and that saves bullpens. So I think they're happy about that, but I wanted to get your, your thoughts on this other thing that they also voted the competition, the competition committee also voted to further limit the use of position players as pitchers to only extra innings or by a leading team when it is up by 10 or more runs in the ninth or by a trailing team anytime it is down by eight or more runs. Teams could previously use position players as pitchers when they were leading or trailing by six runs. So Major League Baseball is like, guys, uh, I don't like to see these EFIS pitches in the sixth inning. Like this is really bad look for baseball and uh, they changed it. So you we're not going to see it as much. Uh, I don't know who was, was, was it, was it Luis Gonzalez was coming in and, and throwing in innings for us last year. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was our, uh, our, uh, what, like 14th bullpen guy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm good with this because last year it was six runs. Yeah. Now it's 10 runs. Yeah. The game is not over when you have a six run lead. It's just, it's not over. And when you're down by six, the game's not over. So this is a little bit of an extra push to, to say, Hey man, you know, the game's not over. You're down by six runs. You're down by seven runs. You can grind back. There's no clock. Well, <laughs> you, we used to say there's no clock in baseball, but guess what? There is this. There year. is a clock. There's a pitch clock, um, but t- technically there's no clock. You you can score you know 85 runs in the ninth inning. Nobody's going to stop you. Um, so I, I'm I'm fine with that rule change. I'm also fine with the extra innings. I the ghost run. I know so many people hate it. 
so many people are disgusted by it. Yeah. Uh, Roe flow, Robert Flores from, uh, MLB, um, MLB network. He does the morning show. He, um, posted and said, Hey, this is great. I'm glad it's here. I know a lot of you hate it. And I, and I tweeted on that, you know, I, I re- responded to his tweet that I like it. I'm an old guy. I want to go to bed at a decent yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Plus you get to the 10th inning, that first pitch in the 10th inning is all of a sudden stress. It is all of a sudden excitement. It is a nail biter right off the bat. So if you're the home team, you better damn well score in the bottom of the ninth if you don't want to have to deal with a runner at second base in the next half inning. Um, so I like it. I mean, I, I, I'd almost say I love it. I don't want to piss anybody off, but I, but I, <laughs> I, I, I really, really like the rule. I, I like the excitement of extra innings right now. Well, uh, yeah. So it, it, it is here to stay. These, the, you know, the, this competition committee, they are trying to change the game for the better and not piss off the old school folks too much. They did certain things like removing the shift that some of the old school fans probably liked the fact that they did that. This pitch clock, maybe so. We'll see. It should shave some time off of the games. Uh, and, you know, I, I like the idea of, of changing the sport to make it better. Football and basketball have have done it. Maybe basketball almost too much to an extent where because the, the three-pointer is such a big deal these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, and, and the NFL, like, you know, when you and I are growing up, these quarterbacks were taking hit after hit after hit being driven into the dirt by some of these, these uh, defensive players. And now, you know, you watch that game last night, the, the defensive players are scared to hit quarterbacks. They, they're like, they kind of pull off sometimes because they're worried about, you know, getting a penalty. So yeah, you know, some of these things, but then again, then you get this exciting 38 to 35, uh, game that uh, you know a lot of people watch. So you know it's it's a TV sport, and and, and I think the TV ratings show that the NFL is better than ever. Even if I kind of miss the old game from back in the day, yeah, a bit. yeah. The the slobber knockers, the old uh, you know punchy in the mouth. Everybody punch each other in the mouth until one person is left standing. But yeah, in baseball, I mean, you 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 know that's I I, I like the rule in extra innings because again you can. You can get cheap stuff like, uh, you know, ground ball to the right side. Okay, you move the runner over to third. And now now there's no shift, so you can't load up one side. So you get a ground ball to the right side. Maybe it sneaks through now because there's no shift, and maybe that run scores um, with a base hit versus, uh, you know, move the runner over and then sacrifice fly, and all of a sudden you have the lead. Well, you know, the the home team now has a chance to do the exact same thing. Now you got to play baseball. You still have to play baseball. You still have to move that runner over to third base however you can. Um, I think we saw a strategy there the first year they were doing that where they go, well, well let's load the bases and let's get force outs at every, at every base. Well, that kind of backfired. That, didn't, yeah. you know, that strategy was garbage. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you want to get those strikeouts. And, and so the Giants have some strikeout pitchers. Um, so you want to load up on the strikeout pitchers, save those guys for maybe extra innings if you think you're getting there late in the game. Um, still, still, there's still a lot of strategy to it. It's just not the old school strategy. Um, I think halfway through the year, I saw a stat. It was around July. There was an art article that was put out and there was only one game that went past 12 innings in, in the middle of July last year. So I think MLB is doing kind of what they 
uh, intended to do, and that's not burn out your pitching staff. Um, but still, you know, score some runs, make it exciting. Don't burn out your pitching staff, especially if you're in a three-game, four-game series against a team. You don't have to deal with any of that stuff. So, Next time we record, if we are on target for next Monday, we'll see. that Our schedule for this show may change depending – uh, you know, your work schedule, my work schedule is... Yeah. Uh, I think we have a holiday next Monday, actually. Oh, so maybe we'll record on Tuesday then. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, and the reason why I said that, is the Giants, as we said, the pitchers and catchers report on Thursday uh, of, of this week. Spring training, or at least position players, have to report by next Tuesday, the 21st, and then officially... Uh, you know, things kick off there. So that, 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 that'll be good. That that'll be a good day for us. Yeah. It's a good week. It's an exciting week. I'm very excited. I'm ready to go. All right. Uh, that is it from here. One thing I want to mention is we have a, a new discord. So if you want to shoot me an email, GG at bspnmedia.com, I will shoot you an invite. I, now nah, I just thought about this. Hmm. We need to get Ash on there. We need yep. to get Matt and Ben from Matthew and Ben from the Giant Cocktails podcast because I want people to have the ability to share their content that they create as well in in the, yeah for sure in the Discord. So, uh, Giants fans, we're looking for some folks to get conversation going. I also created A's chat, A's channels, and Raiders channels because still lots of Raider fans out here in the Bay Area. So. We'll see if we actually get podcasts on those teams. There's an Earthquakes channel that I created for the ML- MLS is up for a big year. Apple uh, Apple uh, has all their rights, and Apple TV has a new subscription service. If you want to get like every single MLS game, and they're they're doing That's all crazy. the all the production, they're doing all the video. So they hired they're, they're going to have to find you know they're going to have to sell ads on this stuff. So yeah. it's crazy. Uh, it's a new world, new world. Apple behind the product, though. That's going to be so so much fun. I don't, I'm not even, you know, I'm not a soccer guy. I know you're watching a lot yeah. higher level soccer than MLS, but uh, MLS is fun. I I enjoy MLS. I I really enjoy any soccer, especially. I mean, at night if there's any soccer on, you know, I'll put it on in the evenings. I like the Mexican leagues on Saturday nights. Those are always fun. They start at seven. The crowds are just really into it. A lot of fun. Uh, we do have a programming. A note that I forgot to add in. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, we got a um, I got a uh, message from Darren Chan today, a uh, friend of the show, works for uh, KNBR, uh, you know, as the engineer for the uh, Giants broadcast. Um, he said, "Hey, good news, we're back in Reno. So if you live in Reno and you're like me and you've been wanting the Giants to be back on." Uh, broadcast radio. They've been gone for like two or three years now. Uh, they're back on KCMY 1300 AM and 102.5 FM uh, with the day games only on 1300. And then uh, he also believes that they're on 99.1 FM HD2. Uh, and if you've ever listened to an HD channel on your radio, if you have that on your radio, it is fantastic. We have it in two of our cars. Uh, so I can't wait to listen to some HD uh, Giants broadcast as I'm cruising around town uh, listening to some, to some day games because uh, that's the one thing I miss. I'd always have to punch it up on XM. Yeah. And if you can get your home broadcast on the XM app, but if you have XM on your car stereo, 
You can only get the home broadcast. Come in on. St. Louis. I'd have to listen to the Cardinals broadcasters. Oh. So it's so nice to have them finally back. Yeah. So thank you, Darren Chan, for that note. You made my day. Awesome. Yeah, we got to get Darren back on this show, too. Yeah, for sure. All right. That is it from here. Uh, so we'll be back next week, either Monday or Tuesday. If, if that is true that we have a holiday, then it'll probably be Tuesday. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are so close to some baseball here. Yes. All right. For Brad, I am Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.